episode 159 of Tell Me Where to Turn. You can find me on Twitter at Tommy2 underscore zero, and you can find the show at Where to Turn Pod. I'm always at Glenn3 underscore 11. And I am at Point Break underscore Dave. And we have with us today special guest, returning special guest. You want me Art Riles, <laughs> apologist. <laughs> He's got a list of nicknames, kind of like Apollo Creed. Yeah, COVID truther. <laughs> the Branch Davidian insider. A guy who is demanding that all the votes be counted, but only those that were cast on election day. We are joined by Mike Hernandez. How are you How's doing, sir? How's it going, everyone? Good. Now, I believe the last time you were with us, we did record outside, but you did not need to sit outside on our account. We don't always do all of our episodes <laughs> outside. I was just trying to recreate the vibe. Yeah. That was, uh, I went back and listened to that today. It was hard to believe that was over two years ago. It's a very generic time flies observation, but. It didn't seem like September of 2018 was the last time that we did this. Well, actually, Dave wasn't a part of that because he I missed he out. Me. Were you but, guys all wearing masks in 2018 <laughs> when you did it? <laughs> We're way, way ahead of the curve. Yeah. Social, socially distant and everything. Glenn, <laughs> did you sense a lot more optimism on that call than what's happening these days? And right now, there was a... Uh, there was a lot of enthusiasm two years ago, but uh, I, I think the the outdoors vibe kind of contributed to that as well. Yeah, we used to just wheel and deal out, out of there on the back porch at Tommy's house, but now we're just in in some spare rooms or in our backyard. We just don't have the freedom that we used to have, and and a lot of that's about to go away January twentieth too, obviously. <laughs> If I think I freedom, freedom will be one of those things we just kind of fondly remember after the 20th. If, well, one thing I remember for that night when we podcasted, I think you and Mrs. Tommy were getting ready to go see the National. Or did you just get done? Had you just seen that? That's actually, man, that's a funny story. So a lot happened that night, but it actually ended up being me and the fake Whoa. Paul Bearer <laughs> that went to see the National. All right. <laughs> And I think I even talked, I might've even talked about it on the show, but it was, it was quite a night. A guy may have died in the audience. They had to stop the show for the EMS. It was, uh, was, it was quite the night. So was this the concert where they divided the female member of the band, divided the crowd (laughs) by her portal? No. (laughs) Portal. (laughs) Not a doctor. Clearly. No, but somehow I don't I don't recall the exact circumstances, but I somehow ended up there with the fake Paul Bearer. That's all I remember. <laughs> Things have gone not well then. Yes, <laughs> me and the mortician were there. So, uh, Mike, how is the you've you've a recent addition to the family? Yes. Um, how, how's the deep freeze? Fully stocked? <laughs> we're, we're 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 in a we're in a heated battle. Oh no. <laughs> I'm I'm losing ground quickly, but uh, yeah, I, I was laughing because I saw I saw someone from the account. I'm guessing I don't know one of y'all uh, tweeted that out, and I was like, man, 
I was like, breast note deep freeze. I was like, we're right back in the exact situation that we were in before. Trust me, we we have not forgotten. That's stuck with us for the last <laughs> 800 days. So, Mike, we've all been there with a young kid. Uh, are you currently living in the playhouse behind you? <laughs> and if no, you what? aren't, have you thought about it? <laughs> it's been under heavy consideration. We've actually we've actually got a good system going on just because my wife is 100%. I I don't have to do much at all at night with the baby, and then I just I take the older one, you know, the four year old, and she's a a lot more automated, you can say. So <laughs> that's a good way to put it. I like that. <laughs> so that's I've I've been lucky this time. The first time the first time was harder on me because it was more of a shared thing, but now I'm just like ah, you got it. <laughs> take this four-year-old that's a good age too because they've got some independence but they don't quite talk back to you as much give, give it about another two or three years and <laughs> she's practicing that's for sure yeah just swarming up mm-hmm. so uh at the end of the last episode i had reached out for for people to maybe post some some ratings maybe some five-star ratings for the podcast would, would you like to hear a couple that we got Oh, I, I'm afraid. I'm already I'm already shook by the news that we got one. <laughs> we actually got two, so double. Whoa. Double double one. Both five star ratings as well. Okay, so that didn't the plan hasn't backfired yet. Not yet. Um so I'm gonna redact a little bit of these reviews and they seem to Wait, why do you need to redact it? Uh well just parts of it. Because it's praise for us, and it's kind of another podcast is targeted by them. Oh, and we don't want to start any kind of issue. So first off, five stars from Fartman32. I think I voted for him. (laughs) Says, does this podcast have big name guests? No. Interesting conversation (laughs) with appealing ideas? Redacted. But... Still a great podcast with three great guys. There you go. And then from SOTG Dallas, let's see. These guys have more talent than Redacted ever will have. Um, This is really, though, thank you for the best wrestling and faith-based opinions and stories in Texas and Tennessee combined. That's two states. We had a Mrs. Tommy appearance. What? Well, she heard all the hey, five stars. Heard about all five the star, star review star right there. Yeah. It's like being at the Mirage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Me and, uh, me and Tom Ginsburg take offense to uh, that no big name guests. I'm going to just go ahead and. Uh... I think that's fair. I think that's <laughs> yeah, fair. I write the ratings. I just, I just read them. That's all. <laughs> Tommy, what are you drinking there? There's yeah. no way we're not going to talk about this. Just a nice hot chocolate. With no drink. way. As someone once said in Mount Cinnabon, there's no way that's not hot. Oh, my oh, gosh. Good. I need, something to, I need something to relax me after the events of last weekend, you guys. Finally, uh, last yeah. weekend. So we had the, uh, we had the big golf bet. Mike, oh. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but the premise of the bet is uh, is myself uh, and my ample talents <laughs> definitely pushing the uh, 
pushing the tour exempt status here against Dave and another one of our friends who admittedly, I don't think we're being critical here, very novice, new to the game. I mean, to the point where I was concerned that the swing and miss may even come into play. <laughs> and the, uh, the bet was they were going to play as a scramble and uh, I was going to give them 18 strokes in addition to them playing as a scramble. And we felt like this would be a pretty fair bet. And the, the dollar amount on the bet got rather high and there were more and more parties betting to the point where we we ended up having to book multiple tee times. Course would allow all the spectators that wanted to participate onto the course. So people were paying forty-five dollar greens fees just to drive around in a cart with no clubs and watch the bet unfold. And it was quite the scene. Glenn, let me and Mike, let me ask you if this is a good sign. So I have obviously on the me and my teammate both new to golf so wanted to show up early wanted to hit the range a little bit try to try to get things dialed in <laughs> i'm on the driving range i hit maybe 10 15 shots a complete stranger walks over and's like hey can i show you a few things <laughs> it's <laughs> Well, it's not a good sign. It also sounds like the progressive commercial where the guy's just helping people out at the hardware store without them asking. Like, how old was this guy? <laughs> no, he was actually a, a young man. He was the tour or the club, I guess, tour pro is wrong. The club pro. Right. Yeah. But where did, so, where did y'all play? Because didn't, didn't you guys say you were talking about playing in Fort Worth? Or did I just mishear that? Well, we were going to play at Rockwood on the recommendation of Glenn. And I don't know. I'm, I'm only going to assume Rockwood must have been having a tournament because we tried a week in advance and there was no tea times before 2 p.m. at Rockwood that day. So we left the decision of the course in the hands of the other party of the bet. And... He's, while not a good golfer, understands enough about course selection that this is my first mistake in a series of bad decisions. We ended up playing at Irving Golf Club. I don't know if you've been out there or not. We, uh, whether we liked it or not, got the entire course history on the first tee while we're trying to tee off. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually another funny story. You want to talk about redacting things. The... Um, partner of dave in this bet he enjoys things that are legal more in colorado and nevada than uh, in texas okay and he had come prepared for this event because this this event was actually just the kickoff of an entire weekend of festivities that was going to involve deep ellum barbecue renting a airbnb seven or eight people i mean this is this was like a super spreader event <laughs> so he had in his possession in a, uh, in a nice kind of travel zipping bag, uh, pretty much the entire contents of like a Colorado dispensary. <laughs> and he left it laying on the first tee, just laying there. So after the tee shots, he's down in the fairway and here comes the starter holding the bag, but the starter never opened the bag. <laughs> so the starter delivers the bag to him. Well, well, fast forward to, you know, two and a half hours later, the other starters now starting to, ask what's going on because he sees all the golf carts and thinks we're trying to play a ninesome or something. And my friend said, don't worry about it. If, if we get in trouble, I could just tell him the other starter's a drug dealer and we'll be fine. <laughs> they, 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 they'll, 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 uh, they'll fall and break, will break ranks to protect their own. Yeah. 
He's technically an accessory now. So we're standing there. Well, the the Dave getting instruction was humorous because a lot of the people were congregating around, saw this take place, much to the hilarity of those who are watching. So while Dave and partner are out on the driving range, literally trying to figure out how to make the ball leave the, the <laughs> tee or turf and go forward, I'm, I'm at the chipping range putting on a flop shot exhibition and, and people that have already bet on me are now trying to bet more. They're, they're, they're like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be, you know, the, the biggest massacre since the, you know, Trump won the 2020 election. Uh, <laughs> so we get to the first tee and there's, there's four tees there. There's the women's tees, the reds, there's blacks, which are the tips and there's the blues and the whites. And the first tee, the, the blue is behind the hazard, uh, which is just a little culvert, and then the whites are in front of it. And we have a quick talk, and I said, what do you guys want to do? And they said, oh, well, we don't know. And I said, you know what, let's just, we'll, we'll play the whites. We'll play up for you guys, and, and it'll be fine. Never thinking this would be a big issue. Well, the whites turned out to be considerably further forward. The, uh, that, that combined with the fact that the Irving course was relatively easier than I was expecting, other than the first and 10th hole, I don't think there was any real hazards to speak of on the course. So, Glenn, I'm going to ask you a question now. Theoretically, I'm giving them 18 strokes. So when we make the turn, if I'm pacing and I should be behind by nine or less, that would be a pretty good position to be in. So I shot a 37 on the front nine. How many shots was I ahead or behind at the turn? Um, and they're playing two-man scramble, right? Two-man scramble. Now, remember, the swing and miss is in play. They don't golf. Right. I've played, other than, and I actually had a few falters, but played a pretty solid round, couple, two birdies on the front side. Feeling very good. Okay. Um, you were up 17, you 17 shots after nine you think holes. I'm ahead? You think I'm ahead? Do you think I've made up the entire 18 and I'm now ahead 17? That, that was my oh, no, exact no, 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 no. That was just, just 17 total. Oh, 17 ahead. total. So, so, they're, so basically... They're, well, they're plus one. They're plus one. I am, I am shooting a 37 and they shot a 38. Really? And I am down 17 strokes at the turn. No, I'm sorry, at 39. I'm down 16 at the turn. Oh, man. Wow. Top notch. I really, I really had, a, I had, I had somewhere between 50 and 54 strokes on the front. Yeah. Yes. You guys, I, I, we didn't video any of it. You wouldn't believe the things that happened. Dave, <laughs> Dave sunk a 60-foot putt. Was it you or your partner that chipped within an inch? He did. He did. Dave he also, hits a shot on a par three that never leaves the ground. It was basically the DeChambeau shot, only <laughs> no water, ends ends within a four-foot birdie putt. Phenomenal golf. It wasn't pretty. <laughs> well, I, let's go to the let's go to the back nine. That's hey. when the pressure starts to build. That's so true. Here, so we we make the turn, and I'm already. I'm already upset, so I'm losing by 16. So I negotiate the addition of one of the bystanders as my partner for the back nine because I'm down 16. 
he doesn't have any clubs. He's wearing like I think he was wearing shoes, but he didn't he didn't have nothing with him. He hadn't swung no warm ups. I just said, Hey, I'm just taking him as my back marker here. We're gonna play I'm adding him to my team to see if we can cut into this lead. Well, it turns out hole number ten is the only hole where you have to actually carry a hazard off the tee, and it's not a big hazard, it's just <clears> another little ditch, but the white is behind it. Well, team 39 proceeds to hit three consecutive shots into the culvert and they have to take we had a, they have to end up taking the negotiated max of double par on number 10 we we i think par the hole so we've 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 erased four strokes right there so now we're only you know we're only down 12 and we've got eight to play and now i'm thinking okay here we go well this team maybe they bent a little bit but they did not break they made everything work, and I think what it, what it was the the final score was they we were at seventy five and they were at eighty seven and yep. covered the bet. Wow! And and Man. actually the the bet was over on seventeen. There was no path to victory other than I mean holding out from you know three two hundred yards. yards. Yeah. yeah. That's so, pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> take losses, gentlemen. <laughs> How long? No. Did you, when did you start playing? Was it to like? How recently? I, well, I guess, I don't know. It's probably been eight, nine months. But unlike Tommy, I'm not playing four times a week. I play maybe twice a month. You you go to work, right? That's right. Some of us <laughs> have to work. That four times a week seems to be paying off. He travels <laughs> to have his ass handed to him. <laughs> there, is nothing, there is nothing more frustrating than to be in the tee box on a par three, hit just a perfectly struck beautiful ball flight little draw 15 feet from the pin and then they roll one up from you know 150 and they're four feet away and that and it just kept happening so i mean was their biggest key was just controlling the ball just keeping it in or near the fairway i don't think they ever other than that hole number 10 i don't think they ever got in a position where one of them wasn't in a playable spot and they played great i mean i give dave full credit dave's not dumb like we we know that they played remarkable strategy. There was a time where they were in the front face of a bunker and they just, they actually just took a drop out of the bunker in a penalty stroke rather than even trying to hit out of it. Like they did, they, there was a par three where there was a little bit of water on the left and they, it was 150 yard par three and they laid it up on the par three. They just hit out to the, to take the water out of play then pitched up on the green. I think they got out of it with a par after. I mean, they they did everything you would do not to lose the bet. I never, regardless, par four, par five, I never pulled the driver out of my bag because I can't hit it. Like, I hit four irons off the tee, and if my partner had a good drive, we played it, and if not, we played my shot. No, Dave had a good trick, man. He had a four iron that, you know, he'd hit straight and just kept – doing it every time. I mean, they, they never put themselves in a position where they were having to scramble. Now, in hindsight, I should have made them play from the further back tees because I think distant, the, the lack of distance would have been more of a factor. But the, the tees we played were so close up, they were able to get away with it. Basically, Tommy's arguing popular vote versus electoral college. <laughs> That's right. We played how you won. We played the rules that we were given. And we didn't, we, listen, Tommy beat us on style points. There's no doubt. But as Ric Flair once said, they ask you if you won, not how you won. 
<laughs> so this is going to be this is going to be an annual event, an annual trip. I mean, we all agreed we had a great time. We're doing this again next year. Maybe not in Dallas. We may go somewhere. We may go to Austin or Houston or something. We're doing this again. But the question on the table to... is, oh, go ahead. Oh, so the question on the table is, for the bet next year, assuming that nobody has any kind of major skill improvement, is the bet is the bet to do the exact same stakes again, only play a extraordinarily difficult course from a farther back tees or to grab a partner and try to play a, a comparable course, but have a scramble partner for the entire time, but giving up 18. Hmm. I think probably a more challenging course is probably the way to go. Cause it seems like you got, you got pretty basic this time around. Yeah, this this place was uh, was very conducive because I, I I mean Dave could get the ball off the ground, his partner couldn't get the ball elevated. So this was very conducive to somebody that was hitting the John Rom shot over and over right. again. And Rockwood would have been unless they've redesigned the course since I played there two decades ago. Rock Rockwood would have been very similar. It's very wide open. It's a good course for the uh, novice and or novice golfer. <laughs> Yeah, our our biggest concern was was twofold. One is, of course, that wasn't going to just ruin it for everybody because everybody, nobody want. I mean, we wanted, for the purposes of having fun, it it worked perfectly. But then also, of course, that was going to allow us to do what we did, which is, you know, have eight guys trailing the you know trailing the the field, driving out on the you know because there was every shot had some kind of a side bet amongst the gallery. I mean, it was, you know. Five dollars. Who's going to be closest? Five dollars. Nobody hits the green. You know, I mean, there was there was money exchanging on every putt. So the fact that we were able to get all that in, uh, I think I would consider it a success, even though I lost the bet because we were we were able to do it, and because we had bought the other tee times, we weren't we never got into anybody else's way. Yeah, on the course, everything went smoothly. Speaking of things we won't do next year, I think the house will not be rebooked. We basically bought a house next to the towers. <laughs> <laughs> when you... The house inside was very nice. And if we didn't book it, one of the other people in the party did. But I'm sure if you were on Airbnb, just looking at the, the inside of the house, you know, I had like five different arcade games, nice big, uh, Living room, bunch of bath or bunch of bedrooms that everyone could stay in. But apparently, someone went in expecting that neighborhood to gentrify, and it it has not. I just picture the the group is unpacking the SUV after they stopped off at Whole Foods to get everything <laughs> for the weekend, and they hit the button for the back hatch to close and they look over and see the orange couch and they just, they just drop the food. I, I think there was a dog fighting kennel next door. It you know was... when, you're, when you're on Airbnb, it doesn't tell you where the house is. It just tells you the general region that it's in. So I think this was billed as South Dallas or Bishop arts or whatever, but the house looked great. And we thought, okay, well this will be in one of those, you know, kind of hipstery neighborhoods. No, it, it was like, next to the dog fighting kennel every other house like bars in the windows when we pulled up there were six police with the lights on on the street everybody that was armed went back to their car to get their guns it was that bad 
I'm kind of offended. And I'm, I'm really embarrassed for, for Mike to have to be here to hear you throw out all these generalizations. But I came here to be on the, was it the, the faith-based podcast? For the, the <laughs> North Dallas, right. Dallas, North Tollway. Right. Yes. I was misinformed. <laughs> hey, faith and guns go together, Mike. I don't know if you know that or not. That is true. When, the, when faith they, and guns they wrote... Venn diagram is just a <clears throat> circle. That's right. When they wrote the Constitution and the Bible on the same day, and they shot it with a shotgun. <laughs> As is told in the ancient texts. By Ted Newton. That's right. <laughs> So did you guys hear yeah. about this uh, this whole Four Seasons total landscaping thing? How about that news? <laughs> I still, like, I don't even know what happened there. I saw, like, everything leading up to it, and then I guess they did, I don't know, I don't even know. It, it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. But so it was did legit. they think it was a Four Seasons? Was that the... They said he tweeted out just the Four Seasons first, and then he deleted it and came back and added landscaping. Right. <laughs> I will say and this I was, though. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 I was you gonna go. say places definitely. I mean, I guess landscaping companies aren't aren't uh, exempt to this, but weird places will use very haughty and high end names. Like we, our first, my first apartment was at this place called Huntington Lakes, and it was the dirtiest apartment <laughs> complex but it sounds so fancy you're like oh <laughs> it's on the water it's in garland nice. <laughs> oh yeah, man I, I, i'm surprised they haven't gotten like a season assist for having like four seasons that blatantly in their uh yeah it seems like i'm pretty maybe, sure maybe pretty generic sure enough Huh? You could argue there are four seasons, and we do treat landscapes. So that's, that's fair, and I think they do yeah. that. Uh, you know, there's name connotation, and, and just on a Google search, somebody's like, "Ah, look up the four seasons." Hey, I need my yard done too. <laughs> Two birds with one stone. Or my, I need my to have a press part. You never that's know. Right. My, my, you know, the the mix up on four seasons and landscaping, and just the wheels off. It's just this abandoned building it looks like that they just put a bunch of stickers up in the background but the fact that it that it was located in between a a crematorium and a, and a sex toy shop is by far that's my favorite election moment right there it's so great but we, we've moved on we've moved on now we're uh we're are we still doing stop the count or are we transitioned to stop the steal? Which one are we on right now? <laughs> Who knows? It's it's hard. There's a new one every day. Yeah. There there is. I'm just gonna say this. I'm nothing about our voting process seems like it's kept up with the times. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I feel like when you look at how it's done, we were talking about it last time, like the differences in uh, Tennessee and Austin and Dallas and the fact that you're ultimately like they're pulling paper ballots out of banker boxes. You're like, what? What are we what are we doing, guys? Like, <laughs> it's not student council in the fourth grade. That was the same process for us here 
in Fort it's, Worth. It's uh, you like you did the machine, it printed out your you typed your code in, it printed out your ballot, and then you just put it in like a paper shredder box like at your company, just like one of those. And I was like, all right, well, I guess that's good enough. I was having this argument with someone, not really an argument, but it's like, man, like there has to be a way to, you know, digitize all of this. And they're like, well, that wouldn't be secure. I'm like, you do realize all of your money is digital, right? <laughs> like all your investments, your bank account, like all of that is just out there and it's being tracked, you know, on the cloud or a server farm somewhere. Like there's a way to do that with elections and keep it secure. <sighs> but if we did it, if we did it that way, then, you know, the, the left wouldn't be able to open up those boxes and mark through <laughs> Donald Trump and write in, hastily write in Biden-Harris <laughs> in order to get him, get him elected. So this has, this has nothing, well, really nothing to do with voter fraud, but just news coming out and things you learn that I didn't know. And I don't think it's every state. It may only be a handful. But there are states where you can change your vote. There's a process for changing your vote after you cast it. Like, if you vote early, there is a process. Like, you go in and you, I guess, reshow your ID. And I thought that was hilarious because I'm like, I don't understand it. But then, like, if you did vote, like, as soon as early voting opened... And then the last debate, you know, the guy you voted for pulls off his tie and has an NWO shirt on. You're like, oh, <laughs> it's going, it's oh going no. <laughs> I have to I vote go, for that guy now. <laughs> I have to go change. But did, I mean, did well, you guys think this that? way. Like, let's say if, like, you're voting for a president. Like, let's say if during the election process, if the presidential candidate dies, do they just give your vote to the vice president? Is it still the same? You know what I mean? And so that would be a case where maybe you change. I don't. I have no idea. That's just like the most, the only way I could think. But I'm sure there's all kinds of holes in that. Logic. Are we also? Are we? Are we running above average, considering the age of a lot of presidential candidates, that that's never happened? Like you've never had one die on the campaign trail. Well, you were worried about it this year. I know. I was very worried about it. <laughs> Biden's super old. Trump's old. Then Trump got COVID. I was like. With my hedge bets, I was like, oh, no, one of them is going to die and screw this whole thing for me. <laughs> that's that's where you went. That's, well, and they still haven't – I mean, and, they, and I don't know about you, but I haven't got any of my bets paid out yet. No. Like, what are they that's waiting kind of on? that's frustrating. Bovada's got a – I got a lot of money tied up. They're not certified, right? I need, yeah, I think I that's need it. some financial flexibility here. Well, here's the thing. Not that it's going <laughs> to happen, but if – Bovada went ahead and paid out everyone that bet on Biden. And then there was a reversal, which obviously won't happen. But if there was, then they're like everyone that bet on Trump's like, hey, guys, you got to pay us, too, now. But didn't y'all say that you were uh, – didn't someone say basically you were betting on, like, the election day results, like not if it changed? Um, Wasn't there, like, some stipulation? My bets all read – and this was when we were talking about like what happens if one of them dies between winning being president elect and actually taking office, all the bets were electoral college winner, all the bets I made. I guess what it was. So I think technically, you know, like even if Biden doesn't make it and Harris actually assumes the role, he still won 
the electoral college, so I should still get paid. But but I'd like him to wear his mask between now and then, just in case. Just to be safe. Just to be safe. <laughs> yeah. Got a lot of liquidity tied up right now. What do y'all think inauguration day is going to look like? Are we going to be out on the on the lawn in front of a very sparse crowd? Do you think <laughs> Do you think they might borrow the Thunderdome and have it there? <laughs> that would be awesome. I think I think the way things are trending right now, absolutely. In fact, I have breaking show news. I'm currently quarantining. Well, due to uh, yes. contact tracing, I was contact traced today. So, funny turn of events. I w- I go in the office a couple days a week. I had a meeting with a lady yesterday in my office, and she said when she came in, she said, "Hey, do you mind if I take off my mask?" And I was like, "No." Master garbage. It's not even a real virus. Why would I care if you took off your mask? Did she stop there? <laughs> that was my next line, and that's actually the real reason I'm quarantining. I'm not allowed back. You know, uh, my passwords don't work on the computer anymore either. Which is weird. I've seen some of who you work with, so I think it's a valid question. It is. Well, she uh, she called me this afternoon and said, hey, I've I've got bad news, and and uh, I said, well, look, they have doctors that could take care of this for us, so <laughs> it's fine. Just got to go out of state. It's not a big deal. Good lord. They distance. Uh, hey, Mike. You having fun? You enjoying this? People can't hear me backing away from the mic. <laughs> He's now in another yard. He's gone over his. I'm in the I'm in the playhouse. He's, in, the, he's in a different yard. They, um, she was at she was at something this weekend, and then somebody there tested positive. It's a pretty low likelihood that I'm in any danger, but my uh, I had to report it. You know, we had to get reported through HR, and they were like, "Yeah, you're not coming back into the office until uh, there's a negative test." So, and now Tommy has sixty times lined up for the next seven days. <laughs> I haven't gotten a negative one. Sorry. <laughs> Weird. Until I shoot, yeah, negative to me will be under par. You know what I mean? Speaking of that, uh, what about Masters bets? Oh, man, I, I'm in the I'm in the just absolute catbird seat, Mike, because they legalized gambling for on sports in Tennessee November first. So. Every sports book in the city's now vying for my business, and they're offering outrageous master specials. So there's a bet I have that, and I'm getting, I bet a dollar, the most you could bet is a dollar, but you're basically getting a dollar to win $100 if Dustin Johnson makes a birdie during the Masters. So they're giving you $100. Yes. <laughs> I have a bet of, $25, the maximum they would allow to bet that Bryson DeChambeau makes the cut paying two to one. 25 to win 50. Is this legit, though, or is it like one of those things where like you can't cash out on that money right. you can only use it for more bets? It's it's absolutely legit because last weekend I bet a dollar on Arkansas to beat Tennessee to win $100, and I went just for fun. I haven't actually done it, but I went to cash out, and the available cash out balance is the full balance. Huh. That's a good deal. And, you know, for those of us that have played on Bavada, when you make a deposit and they give you a deposit match, you have to 
you you have to bet it so many times that it's almost impossible to ever actually cash it out. Um, the the deposit matches here. You have to bet it one time, and then it's your money. So they if you put a hundred on there, they give you two hundred. If you bet it one time, it's your money. Hmm. In Bavada, you have to bet it twenty times. <laughs> I will say this as someone who, not that necessarily I am the end all be all of doing this, but I had a very high up person at my company on the tech and IT side. I told them I need to get around some gambling restrictions that uh, don't allow me to use DraftKings for sportsbook in Texas. And he's like, man, we can do this. They have it locked down. Like this guy bought us like a server space in New Jersey and was like doing some pretty wild rerouting of IPs and you can't do it. Like, wow. That's you crazy. cannot do it. You didn't but, give Tommy a phone no, for him to use? Here's what we're going to do. And Tommy, get ready for this next time all I right, see well, you. Just whatever you say next is all just hypothetical and we're joking. Hypothetical. Obviously. And I've hired Mike as my legal counsel, so this is attorney-client privilege. <laughs> You're all set. I'm extremely <laughs> versed in this. <laughs> all his life, so, he's prepared for it. Bird law in this. Hypothetically... Hypothetically, the way to do this would be to give Tommy a very uh, simple little desktop that then you put somewhere in your your house on your uh, network, and then I just team viewer from here. I don't know if you guys oh, yeah. ever use. And then it's like I'm sitting in your house, That's and easy. then everything's copacetic. So hypothetically, they've thought of this. Then, then Tommy can blame his browser history on you. <laughs> Fringe benefit. Surely they but, have a worker, the way to beat this, though, because otherwise there would be just huge warehouses set up with running computers. Well, I think the, I think one thing that we did run into, and I temporarily had my DraftKings uh, login shut down, <laughs> is they also have to. You have to do your, and I may have done this when I originally signed up on there. Like, you have to prove your address. Like, you have to scan a driver's license. And I'm assuming if you can't give them an address, like, they're going to tie the computer to an address. So if you try to cash out to a different address, they probably don't like that. But I trust Tommy enough to have checks sent to his house, so no problem. I would just think, though, like, probably they would notice if you're doing gambling in, you know, Tennessee, and then you're doing, like, your daily fantasy stuff from their app. Well, and you're right. That is a good point. Because Glenn and I got busted by this last year. Because when I went when I went to Las Vegas, I had had that, I was chasing that promo where you had to play oh, a lineup yeah. every day. And if you if you played a lineup every day, they like automatically converted you to the second highest VIP status. And I called Glenn, and I I mean the, I thought the plan was genius. Is I said, hey, I'm just gonna give you my login. Just play a ten cent game every day. Like I was gonna be gone for two or three days. And from you know from your computer or whatever, and we'll be good to go. And this is when I still lived in Texas, I think. 
or maybe I was here, but, but anyways, but what, what I ended up happening is I was in Tennessee and then just like out of compulsive habit, I opened the DraftKings app. And as soon as I did it, they shut me down because they were like, well, Hey, you placed a contest in Texas, you know, whatever this morning. And now you're logging in from Tennessee or from Nevada. And it, the, the timing was close enough that it, it wouldn't have worked. And they caught it. I mean, they caught it immediately. Like I had to, I had to do the same thing. I had to talk to, uh, a support agent to get him to, un- and I had to like fess up to what I did. Like I had to be like, yeah, I, and they let me back in because I owned up to it, but they, right. uh, I didn't tell them what I was doing. That happened to me in our, in our daily fantasy league, our draft Kings league. I was like ready to set up a lineup and I had like, I was like ready. <laughs> there was so, oh, this is like a, I caught a fish, this big story, but I was like <laughs> a lineup that would have done extremely well. And I was, in, I was in Phoenix and I remember I was like in the hotel I was like, oh, i got to set my lineup. And I was like, I'm getting ready to head to the airport. And I went to go try and set up, and I was hitting submit, and it wouldn't submit. And I was like, no, so mad. <laughs> it just, I, couldn't, I couldn't get to work. And then I didn't even submit a lineup. And did, luckily, <laughs> opted out of donating more money to Tommy, as he claimed. But uh, <laughs> hey, speaking of which, it's a good time, good time to be on the podcast. I just won this last week. I saw. You did. Listen, the only reason we're doing this. <laughs> the only reason what, we're doing this. What's so – I put that together really quickly – and so I only did like the league, the other league that I'm in, and then the one with you guys. And I didn't enter any contests. You I can never eased, do that. I you easily never do that. One. Never do that. It's like it's like if you play the same lottery numbers, you have to play them for the rest of your life. You can never stop. Was, if yeah, you sure. enter a, if you enter a lineup, you always have to put it in a contest that will at least win you ten thousand dollars, or you shouldn't even put the lineup in. That's so, that is the rule. <laughs> I was so mad. But I turned I turned like six dollars into twenty six dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's something, but should have been better. Going to college. Overall, what we've learned is your multi-state, across state lines, digital underground railroad is not going to work. Yeah, I will That's make it work. Here. I will make it work. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. It is. It is gonna happen. You Dave, also, didn't you? Oh, you go ahead. You mentioned last week about uh, hypothetically, you know, writing off your uh, writing off your gambling for uh, for your company for doing sports. Yes. I was like, I was like, can I legitimately use like a food blog to write off dinners? You absolutely could. I know I know two people that work for me that do that now. The Nashville Foodstagram. <laughs> they write <laughs> off. They write off all their food. Free pub. You just gave them. No, you should do actually, it, Mike. Yeah. You could I think that's write not off, the real name. You could write off all the uh, the fancy cooking and smoker and whatever you spend money on. Just write off all of it. <laughs> well, you, better, off. you better start working on those write-offs because after January 20th, man, you're ready to pay about 90% of your take-home pay in taxes. So get ready. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at my screen here, and I'm seeing three people that are going to get popped by the earning over 400k. <laughs> you guys. Yeah, the government shutdown is just going to be paychecks. <laughs> That's what's getting shut down. Uh, so, uh, <clears throat> you guys seen anything good on TV lately? <laughs> Sounds like a leading <laughs> leading statement. <laughs> Well, go, call them back to – I listened to a few of y'all's episodes just to make sure I'm all caught up. 
And you're talking about, well, I don't know if it's, uh, I guess for you guys, it was like a two-month hiatus in between. <laughs> Maybe one. Maybe just one. One but month. Ye- Ye- Yellowstone, we're, we're like two seasons into that one, and that that's a good one. Yeah. Solid show. I recommend. The, the, on the Paramount Network, as I gave some good publicity to last week. And I think here in a couple of weeks, they're running a marathon of all the episodes. So if you haven't oh, seen no, it, that's, that's set your DVR. That's interesting to, uh, yes, that's interesting to Tommy, as I've been trying to figure out how to obtain the early seasons. I think Surely uh, it's on demand, on, right? They're on Peacock. That's what we're watching it on. on that. Wait, P what? <laughs> the NBC. Oh, okay. Their their logo, their symbol. Yeah, the the flocking animal. Yeah, the peacock. Yeah. So, uh, leading statement guy, I watched a documentary last night. Are you guys familiar with the the Watts family murder that occurred in Colorado a couple of years ago? The guy that murdered his wife and his two young children? Yes, and I've... And and I've watched this show if you saw on, Net, on Netflix? Netflix, yes. And I'm gonna go ahead and say right up front, I'm on his side in this. So, <laughs> as as to the murder part of it, the wife murder of the wife, I'm on his side. Yes. Yeah. What's the documentary called? It's called uh, JJ Watts. <laughs> it's called it's called American Murder: The Family Next Door. Yes. But the fascinating thing is the whole thing is put together with footage from the body cams from the the police when they went to the when she was first the family was first reported missing, like ring doorbell footage, um, footage from the interrogation rooms, and then just stuff that she posted on social media, which was basically her entire Boy, life. Did she post a lot of stuff on social media? Without that, well, one, without the murder. And two, without that, we don't have a documentary. So let's proper perspective here. Yeah. But pretty pretty disturbing though, would you say, Tommy, overall? Oh, extremely. And 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 obviously I'm joking. I don't condone murder and the for the kid part of it is pretty hard, but man, that woman was a piece of work, let me tell you. It's, what were all those videos she posted on Facebook even about? Like what was the point of any of that? Well Does anybody care? I guess she was getting some positive feedback, but like they have videos of they're just making pancakes in the morning, and she's like, "Hey, here we are, the family making pancakes. Say hi, yeah, Chris." And then she's <laughs> probably complaining about something. And he's, <laughs> and he's looking back at her, and you, you're like, "If the thought bubble was there, he's like, I will smother her one day." <laughs> she's like, "Oh, and there's my husband unloading a lat pull-down machine." <laughs> Are those not used in every family? Okay. So I do recommend this though. It is. It was interesting. It's it's very disturbing. I mean, there's the obviously the murder part. You can't get around that. The <laughs> wife and the kids. There was the part. You know where uh, he he has an affair. We'll just leave it at that. And she's kind of uh, she starts to see some things that indicate that. He, he might be involved with someone and it gets to uh it's hard to talk about this but it gets to like their credit card statements and it shows their account balance <laughs> and they only had like $1800 in the checking account and i i don't know how to handle that <laughs> wow 
What an elitist. This, man guy, this guy was not going to win the Mastermind Criminal Award as he was having an affair and just charging stuff on the family shared credit card. And then also his behavior with the police when clearly if he plays it cool, they would have taken the heat off of him and instead plays it totally wrong. I mean, I don't have recommendations on getting away with murder, but th- that is the, <laughs> the the weirdest thing about it is you know from the very beginning of the footage that involves him that he's already committed this crime. Like, within hours of him <laughs> coming back home and the police are at the house already. And just the yeah his behavior and just looking at him and like how he was terrible at it but i don't know i just don't see how anybody could do that even with the caveat that tommy threw out at the beginning <laughs> well and the, she's you know, the, a bit the much other, the other mitigating factor was the other woman you know i mean i mean you know yeah a yoga instructor that looked like she Let's drive for her by Jimmy John's about five <laughs> extra times a week. She, uh, she needs a few beach clubs. <laughs> I don't want a victim blame. She wasn't murdered. I mean, not yet. <laughs> no, it would have. It was inevitable. Oh my goodness, Dave! You had something to say, didn't you, about the <clears throat> gym? Oh yeah. Well, I had, and I actually haven't. I haven't talked about this guy because up until now there hasn't been any any reason to. But this Porsche guy? No, I was gonna start the story by saying this is not Porsche guy. Porsche guy has not been seen in about six months. So either he's afraid of COVID. The site, the site that Chris Watts worked at. <laughs> yeah, there might be a vat of oil somewhere that we need to look in. But if you remember, right before COVID hit, he was. <laughs> He had basically put 200K, which was all he had liquid, in his buddy who was going to day trade it. So that may have gone about as well as Ric Flair Financial in 2008. So, yeah, haven't seen him in a while. He's either, he's probably living under a bridge somewhere, which is common in Austin. Um, Can't afford the membership at Lifetime Fitness. He cannot. (laughs) He you can it's 24 well actually in covid it's not i was gonna say it's normally 24 hour with a nice nice uh locker room and showers you could live there you could live there <laughs> um no so i uh i was befriended about i don't know seven eight months ago by i don't know this guy probably in his late 50s right but he's always there he's always there early morning with me so you see the same people you know six times a week nice older guy uh and uh six times a week six lucky if they see me twice well that's why i'll be dry i'll be out driving you at the golf bet next year (laughs) (laughs) anyways all right but like i said super nice guy you know always talk for a minute he's just like one of those friendly old guys you know he's like Oh man, you know, you're earning it today. You're looking good. Keep it up. Whatever he says. So he, there's like three other guys that are all like that late fifties, early sixties. And he's taking it upon himself to introduce me to all of them. So we, we got this guy, this guy's Bobby. 
And then we, we got Tony and we got Paul. So, like I said, he's always there. About a month ago, don't see Bobby. Don't see Bobby for like two weeks. I'm a little worried. <laughs> so I asked the other two old guys that I've now through Bobby know. I was like, hey, have you guys, guys seen Bobby lately? And uh, one guy was like, no, I haven't. The other guy's like, oh, yeah, you didn't hear? And I was like, oh, no. <sighs> Bobby got kicked the F out of Lifetime because apparently I think he just, in, like I said, I don't know. Oh, boy. But he was always that guy like, hey, man, you know, keep it up. Looking good. Apparently he said that to a woman who then reported oh, him. And he no. got kicked out of Lifetime. Did he have on the shoe really? camera? <laughs> <laughs> he had like those mirrors that they're into the alleyway. So <laughs> so that's driving the other direction. He just had them on his shoes. <laughs> Extremely discreet. Yes. But yeah. R.I.P. Bobby. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you got killed. Don't be friendly to people. That's that's a good. That's just good life advice. I mean, it was really just that extent, like, hey, that's, looking good, keep it up. That's what I don't know. That's what it is. What awesome. Other old guy said, but, but now, like, I'm because he was always there at the same time. So now I'm, you know, there's like six women that work out at that time. I'm like, which one are you? Which one of you got, Bobby? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well. Mike, do you have a do you have a speed round of topics that you want to bounce off of us? Yes, I'm curious. I've I've been meaning to ask you guys this. What's the what's the best thing you've eaten in that in Tennessee? And what's the best thing you've eaten since you moved to Austin? I can go first. Austin uh, was actually uh, well Franklin's Barbecue. I've had that twice now. Phenomenal. Uh, there's also a place called. And I'm not sure. I need to ask one of the locals if you say it La Barbecue or L.A. Barbecue. I think I've heard people call it La Barbecue. That's what I've heard, too. Uh, but I heard somebody say it was after a lady's name, like Leanne something. So then I thought maybe it's L.A. But um, went down there. The Franklins, we did the, the order ahead, like where you order a week and then just go pick it up. The Law Barbecue, we did the full experience where you go, you wait in line. That place has got it figured out because you have to wait in line, and they have a dude coming out with an iPad walking up and down the line that will sell you beer as you wait in line. Oh, nice. And that guy made a killing, let me tell you. <laughs> but, yeah, those were uh, both barbecue, but those have been really good. Also, and I don't know if it's a chain. I'm assuming it is Fleming's. Steakhouse. Oh yes, I think that is, is it a chain. chain. Yes, I'd never been to one, but we went to one here, and it was it was very good. The barbecue scene in Tennessee, I think I've mentioned this on the show, is just it's abysmal. <laughs> the only good barbecue I've had is when I've come back to Texas. Because it's but, all pork of it, or how? Yeah, they they. they and I'm not a big pork guy, but the the whole barbecue scene here is weird. It's just not the same. I mean, you go to a barbecue restaurant and you sit down at a table and they hand you a menu and they, you know, it's you know, I'm used to order by the counter or you know, stand in line, order by weight at the counter. They don't do any. They, 
they don't do any of that. Like give me a half pound of brisket and stuff here. It's all, it's all very much more like, you know, meat and two sides kind of a thing. It's just not the same. But what they do do very good here is Southern food, man. Like, gosh, chicken, biscuits, all that stuff. Outrageous. And then the, the, the hip thing to do in Nashville is then the people that do the Southern fusion stuff, right? So we go to these, you know, restaurants where it's like, hey, we've got, you know, fried chicken from Taiwan and stuff like that. And they, you know, they have these weird, you know, weird flavor infusions into, into traditional Southern favorites. Have COVID chicken. <laughs> yes, they had, we had the Wuhan chicken. It was delicious. Now, these, uh, you know, very fusion or ethnic type places, are you still successful in seeing everyone around you looks exactly like you? <laughs> Does it meet your standards? This is like this is like the place where you're uh, you're paying a premium for everything. So uh, I don't do mm. I don't frequent them very often. Mm. I did go. Speaking of diversity, I went to a we went to a steakhouse that is called uh, Kane prime like it's gotta be kane you know like that only it's spelled like kanye k-a-n-y-e but pronounced kane okay and uh they their house signature dish was mike you're gonna love this it it is like a thick cut piece of bacon that they it looks almost like this shape of like a small pork chop with cotton candy on top of it it was outrageous yeah, yeah. So the, the State you, you Fair of Texas made it to Tennessee. It's <laughs> awesome. You haven't uh, you haven't gotten into the hot chicken scene, man. You know, like there's a there's a Mexican place that's right by our house that has hot chicken tacos that I love, but getting hot chicken at like a hot chicken place like Prince's or Hattie B's, it's too hot, man. It's just too hot. <laughs> It's just, it's not an enjoyable experience. You have to, I have to get it so tamed down that I don't even think you can barely call it hot chicken. Because if you get it, if you get it the way they recommend it, you can, uh, at least my fragile constitution can't handle it. They've got a place here in Fort Worth called the Cook Shack. And I'd like, I usually just get like the, the normal hot, but I was ordering online. I got like the really hot. It was like right before I had a meeting and I got it delivered to the house. And I was in my meeting, and I was just like had like snot running. Yeah, down. yeah, no, that's. Like, I'm so sorry. That's that's <laughs> the that's the physical response I get too. It just it, everything you start sweating, your nose is running. It just, it's not 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 a pleasant experience. They had to report Mike to HR. And they're like, is it is it the same thing again? They're like, no, it was, he had snot all over his face. Well, here, here's a here's another funny note on a change of topic I've, i'm basically doing like covid bingo we've we've had a baby during covid that wasn't that was in april <laughs> and i had so i'm at a new job i had the crazy situation where i was i was just like not happy at my old job anymore so i'd been looking for other jobs and so i got an interview and this is all like while i'm home you know we've been home since march this was like you know in june and so i basically the job i'm at I got my job offer, and the next morning after getting my job offer, I didn't have the letter the letter yet, but after I got my job offer, the next morning I got laid off by my other company wow. for uh, reduction of workforce due to COVID. Did you get severance? Yes. Dude. <laughs> there you go. As we say on this podcast, it's important to time it. 
Man, wow. Mike timed it. That was it was nuts. I had, I had three weeks basically from the day I got laid off until the other one, and I was I, they basically paid me to do what I was already gonna do, <laughs> and so uh, I've, wow. I've gotten laid off and started a new job and had a baby all during COVID. So wow, just, uh, you know, checking them all off the list. <laughs> and have you had COVID, wild. Mike? Uh, no, I have not. Have you been tested for COVID? No, I haven't needed to. No, I think you're so, all, all of us have been tested, right? I know I have. I know Dave has. Yeah. Well, I have not been yet, but I feel like that streak's about to come to a very yeah. abrupt end. Yeah, probably I've, this week or next week. <laughs> my four-year-old so, got tested. Good. So she, had, she had to have a an eye procedure, and so before she can go into the eye surgery, we had to take her. And hers was hers was not nearly as bad as the other ones I do because they just like swabbed around in there a little bit. They didn't like stick it all the way yeah. up in there. And so luckily, that was like I was more nervous about taking her to get that done than I was like the actual procedure because I was like that's gonna be like at least with the procedure they were gonna like put her under. Yeah. The other day I was like this is gonna be miserable. Yes. Luckily, luckily it wasn't. So quick question, Mike, on the the new job in a non-COVID time, is it a everyone's in the office or is it all remote no i I've, I've never set foot in our office but you would normally right yeah oh yeah so that's so, weird but like they've even you... they've said going back even at this point that they're looking at 2021 but that might get pushed but they said even when we go back we'll they don't envision us ever going back five days a week interesting because I'm, I'm in it so i do, I do sql development and so like i don't need to like you know be in there very much and so but i mean it's nuts i've been like i was like onboarded and i've like met everybody you know like just virtually except it's actually last week i had to like go i was picking up dinner and i saw my boss um <laughs> or at the same restaurant and he was picking up food and i was like dude and i was like hey he was like this is nuts. I was like, well, I guess we finally got to meet, so that's less awkward. Yeah. And you you haven't had any kind of Jeffrey Tubin incidents on Zoom or anything with your new company? Just hot chicken face. I guess are you can you not see my camera right now? <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're outside. It all makes sense. It's panning down yes. as we speak. Well they as far as like uh uh working remotely, they already pushed our return date back to april 1st it was going to be january and now it's it's april at the earliest so i got free money for another four and a half months just hanging out so let me ask you guys this uh have any of your companies and mike uh obviously you're at a new company but if you guys are pretty familiar with your company's normal you know do they do a holiday dinner or anything kind of get together my company always does and it was brought up, I guess, a couple of weeks ago, like, hey, are we because it's a small company, right? It's a 20 person company. So, you know, it's not that big a deal. You know, you get a you get everyone together and, you know, spouses and it's kind of a fun time. They're like, are we going to try to do this during covid? So they send out the like the Slack survey, anonymous survey of, hey, are you comfortable with us all going and you know, getting like a patio at a restaurant and doing this. The votes were 19 to one. One person said they were not comfortable. Oh. So I think that's going to kill it for the whole deal. But 
ours did something really cool um it was like it was in my like my first month but they usually do like a thing called taste of you know company name redacted (laughs) and so they usually do like a big dinner like that and so they taste of jiffy lube (laughs) (laughs) but they they set up a big zoom call and they had um alto you know it's like uber whatever that that company and they had them all deliver ingredients it was a live cooking demonstration with john bonnell here and then it was a wine tasting also with glenn alexander and so they sent three bottles of wine they sent the stuff for um like the shrimp that we made and then they sent steaks and it was for like uh, for two um, they sent dessert and like then they sent also part of the thing was like making hurricanes like cocktails so we got a cocktail three bottles of wine and like dinner sent to the house and we like cooked along with it and whatever and uh yeah it was uh pretty sweet my god the affluence <laughs> this guy hey glenn glenn i, I, I want, I want world. To, yeah i want mike to tell that story again and glenn i want you to read the names of the eight million people out of work right now as he's telling this story <laughs> you know maybe you should when we release this episode maybe you should just make some copies on like a cd and just take it down under all the bridges in austin and play it for those guys <laughs> Just on a loop, just the yeah. list. Of hey, see, see, see if they maybe they'd enjoy this content. I'm I'm included in that list of eight people who lost their job due to COVID. So yeah, for minus one day. <laughs> yeah, talk about falling forward. Good lord. <laughs> so what about any uh, you know, during this quarantine era, what about any food experiments? Or new things you, you're working on there in the in the kitchen or out on the the big green egg. Man, that uh, I mean, the, you guys have probably seen me almost to like an annoying extent. But the, one of the best things I've discovered, at least for like sous vide, because like whenever if you guys use that much, it's hard to get like that good sear. And so, and I've actually like a, I got like a promo code and they like partnered up with me because I used it so much. But uh, <laughs> it's called musket powder. And it's like a, it's like a pep, they have like, you know, four different ones, but it's got, they use like uh, decaffeinated coffee and brown sugar in there, like with the spices. And so that's like, it gives it like a crust that way. And so you can, it looks like you did your steaks, like, you know, cast iron broil, like steakhouse style. And so I don't, I don't sous vide the steaks very much just because it just doesn't, it tastes good, but I just like it on the grill better. But like, I, I can't make a better, like, pork chop or chicken breast and like with a sous vide and so i use it for that but i recently yeah i did just get a green egg uh in october the wife got me one for my birthday and that has been uh fun playing with that i just i made beef ribs this last weekend and they were just like gigantic <laughs> i uh, i would definitely i'm definitely gonna do i have another rack i've been going there's a place in fort worth called the meat board and i go and get a bunch of meat from there and they have like I didn't. I didn't do it this time, but they have like wagyu beef ribs, and uh, gosh, I mean, this guy it, it, like <laughs> you just can't hide this. You can't hide money. I'm go- I'm gonna write it off. Yeah, yeah, that's right on the food blog. This wagyu is this is the ribs. That's the, that's what it's come to. The food vlog that's gonna end up on his his tax return. I have some some questions about all these charges to a place called the meat board. <laughs> like, what, what kind of, 
male strip clubs was this? That's going to be in the documentary that's about Mike. You <laughs> scrolling down all the meat board charges. <laughs> yeah. And, and the place I haven't got to eat as much as mine in uh, Glenn's favorite restaurant, the home of the giant chicken sandwich. Oh, uh, the par three. Yes. <clears throat> that's classic. Speaking of chicken sandwiches, I'm always with the time, so I just had the Popeye's chicken sandwich for the first it's time. It's legit good, isn't it? <laughs> it is I'm bad. probably going to have another one this week. Amazing. The, I've the never bun, had it. The bun, the bun is what makes it. It's the bun and, like, I guess it's, I mean, it's kind of mayonnaise but whatever that is is really good, too. Yeah. It's almost like a Cajun cane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, my, and my kids had it, too, and one of them, like, exact quote was, Man, this is so good, I cannot stop eating it. <laughs> That's how I feel at every meal. <laughs> and I might get some free stuff uh, from them because I went there a few days before that, and you know, I think Popeye's is pretty notorious for messing up orders or maybe not having the greatest service. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and... Uh, so I'm, I'm like second in line in the drive-thru and somebody walks out, roll down the window and they're like, ah, we're really sorry. Keep in mind, this is a location that had opened like three days before this. And they come out and they're like, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, right now we're having issues. Our, our chicken machine is not working. <laughs> so I thought that was just too much to pass up. So I, I, I didn't even, I didn't even tag Popeye's in the tweet. It just had, Popeyes in the the summary of I was just told that the chicken machine is no longer working at this Popeyes. I get a, a DM from them, and I we exchanged info, and they're they maybe they're gonna send me some free coupons or something, free sandwiches maybe. Maybe they'll send you a chicken sandwich in the mail, <laughs> or maybe they'll send you a chicken machine. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Make your own. Yeah, when when you say chicken machine, all I can think about is Matthew McConaughey or Matthew McConaughey telling that story and be like, gotta get me one of those. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> It's a chicken machine. Well, what does that light mean? Well, it means it's on. I just I want to know what the real problem was. You know, it's probably like plumbing or something, and the boss is just like, Ted Gum, go tell him the chicken machine. It's the term they have to use. Yeah. I think you can't say fryer or anything like yeah. that. Oh, my gosh. Mike, anything else that you that you wanted to bounce off of us or get out to the public? Any news you want to share? Announcements? I've, I've any got any no... more humble brags you want to get out on <laughs> the record before we adjourn tonight? I, I've I've got nothing else for you. I'm, uh, I'm just... I'll, I'll I'll say this, and obviously Mike doesn't need it, and the enormity of all his success, but <laughs> Kevin Kisner. Finishing top ten at the Masters, nine to one. You're getting on that bet. I think that's good value. So yeah, he's a good iron striker. Uh, yeah, Mike. Yeah, I think we kind of deflected your question earlier, but uh, Patrick Reed is a very interesting bet. Patrick Reed to be uh, the highest finisher of anybody that's won the tournament before is a very interesting bet. Getting five to one on that. Justin Thomas, he's a favorite, but his style suits the course very well. I think I think the dead money is going on Tiger. I would stay away from that. Yeah, he looks like uh, I don't think he's been hitting the gym recently. He looks he, he looks, looks thinner. He, look, 
Yeah, I was like, he looked a little bit a little, uh, more wiry. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. You got to get those glutes firing. Maybe he got kicked out of his lifetime fitness. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm. If Patrick, if Patrick Reed wins the Masters this week, I'll I'll be immediately into that Wagyu beef rib tax bracket real quick. And if he doesn't, it'll just be another golf bet you lost this week. Oh geez. wow! <laughs> well, with that, I think. Uh, I think that's good. Cue, cue the Jimmy World music. Yeah. <laughs> right.